All right, Kyle. So another year, another snub for Jared Bednar and the Jack Adams. Say it ain't so. We'll talk about that. And even though you don't win the Stanley Cup, there's still positives that can be taken out of a season. So we'll talk about those as well. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on those social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. Follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. And why not subscribe to our subtext as well? The link to that in the show notes below. And you can chat with Kyle and I on a one-on-one basis. All right. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to those positives. I think we're um, far enough removed from the end of the avalanche season where we can settle down a little bit and kind of weed through the season and, and look at some positives. Uh, that's not to say we won't talk about negatives. I think we'll do negatives tomorrow. Good news could, first, right? Yeah, I could do that. I could right. do that. All right, because there's negatives too, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll do some positives. But we have to start. This seems like a yearly tradition now uh, here in in lockdown Avalanche land, and really across Avalanche Nation of your Jack Adams nominees, which is Coach of the Year. Uh, either not including Jared Bednar or him not winning it if he is a nominee. And this year, we don't even have to worry about it because he's not even in the final three uh, nominees. Your final three are Dave Haxel of the Seattle Kraken, Jim Montgomery of the Boston Bruins, and Lindy Ruff from the New Jersey Devils. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, I, those guys are are deserving. I think Haxtell's a little bit of a stretch, uh, but I, I'm not. I, I don't want to say like he'd be, he wouldn't be in like the top five or something like that. Okay. Uh, but I go back to if you're looking at who did the best coaching job, how do you not put Jared Bednar in that final three? for losing 7,000 man games this year uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. He did a, a masterful job and it ended up with winning the division. That's the other part of it for me, Kyle, is that they just didn't get a playoff spot or a wild card spot. They won the division with all of those injuries. That is coaching at its finest. You know, I think what the problem is and all the everydayers that listen to the episodes day in, day out, they understand that we make a pretty good case for why Bednar should be considered year after year. But I think we give the NHL too much credit when they say coach of the year for this Jack Adams award, because honestly, the Jack Adams award is a, would you look at that story? Like you look yeah. at Seattle Kraken, Boston Bruins with a record setting season. And then you look at New Jersey devils with Lindy Ruff. And it's not so much a superior coaching job, on what they did and what they had to put together and put on the ice. I mean, those three teams are still going right now because of the talent they have. Mm -hmm. It's when you, you can make a case for Bednar having 
to win the central with that roster as hurt as it was, that's an incredible, like how he utilized lost uh, the roster every night and how he did the lineups. There's some incredible coaching there. And like to keep that team motivated enough to push from out of the playoffs to winning the central and give a valiant effort in the playoffs. We, it's not so much a coach of the year award. It's, Here's an interesting story. Can you believe Seattle's in the playoffs? And look at Lindy Ruff. He just doesn't go away. And wow, yeah. the Boston Bruins. And I get the, uh, you know, Montgomery with the Bruins. Like you had a legendary season, right? Yeah. Um, you broke all kinds of records as far as team records. So fine. I, he's deserving. Well, Lindy Ruff really kind of had a, a horrible start to the season where they're, they're chanting for him to get fired. Um, and obviously he turned that around and they had a really good season. That's the first time they made the playoffs in quite a while. So I get that Haxel, you know, it, it's the second year of the Seattle Kraken, like uh, fine. Like you can make a case for all of those guys, but the one thing that you always hear with the avalanche is, uh, you know, they're so loaded. Uh, I could coach that team. Yeah. Okay. Could you do what, what, you know, they did this year? Could, could you, could you replicate what Jared Bednar did this year? not having all of those guys. He didn't have as loaded as a team as he has had in the past because of all of those injuries, and he still got the best out of them. So I, I, I'm really interested to see not only, um, you know, well, I, I guess I, I guess I'm really interested to see where he's he lands, right? Like if he's not in the top three, how far down is he? Is he fourth and just missed out? Is he is he if he's anything lower than fifth, I just might lose my mind because what what are we voting on here? Yeah, like you you can have there's a lot of different criteria and I just laid them out briefly for the three that are out there. But what's the criteria for Jared Bednar? Because all of these guys like we're we're, we're giving out the these the, this coach of the year for and we're saying like oh the guy did this and you can already say Jared Bednar did that and didn't win it. You know what I mean? Like, and there's all these other reasons why Jared Bednar is not winning it. And one, you know, the, the one that really killed me was the the first year that that Vegas was in the mix. Yeah. And and he Jared Bednar turned that team around to have the from the worst season on record to a playoff spot. And he missed out on it simply because you had a a Vegas Golden Knights expansion team make the playoffs so it's like there's always this other thing that's going on that prevents jared bednar from winning it and i you just sit here and like what does the guy have to do because now now you've got the stanley cup in in your in your pocket so it's like well now he's expected to do all this stuff because he's a championship coach and a lot of times those coaches don't come back and, and win it because it's like well he's already reached the pinnacle and that's the thing that kind of annoys me is like what 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 does he have to do now that's going to be better than another coach around the league. It's going to be very difficult for him to win this from here on out. I think yeah. I feel. Yeah. Because Bednar has checked all the boxes. He's done everything you ask him to do to be deserving of such an award. And there's always a better story because that's what it's, that's what it is. It's a better mm -hmm. story. It's not so much a better job. It's a better story that you can make a three minute clip at the award ceremony and make everybody kind of agree. Oh, that's kind of cool. Cause Bednar has, turned teams around he has put incredible teams together made average teams into superstar teams and superstar teams into champions and hurt teams into a central winning playoff contender 
So he's done everything possible. It's just, it's not a good story. And now from here on out, that's just the avalanche should be there with that team. Right. It's expected. And when Bednar's career is said and done, it's one of those, well, he should have won more Jack Adams at the time because you see how, and they're going to list all the former Jack Adams winners in their new teams or after they got fired the next year or things of Mm -hmm. that nature. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be a retroactive. We should have given Bednar more credit than we did at the time. Yeah, man, I I just, I kind of feel like the only way he can get it now is to go beat what Boston just did. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, season records that stood for years, decades, he's going to have to beat it (laughs) by the time his in the next five years. Uh, he's going to have to come up with a team that that bests what Boston just did this year. Because really, like seriously, what else? What else is out there? Like he's done it all. He's really done it all except for that. So that's the only other thing I can hang my hat on to say. Like if he goes and does that and and then still doesn't win it, something's going on here. And and look at what that does. Like Boston's sitting at, at home as well. Like what what really do you achieve other than yeah you're in the record books, but somebody else will pass you, but Honestly, mm-hmm. nobody plays the game hoping to have the best regular season of all time. Everybody plays to win the cup, and Jared Bednar mm-hmm. has already won a cup, yeah. and that's what matters. Right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how this goes for, for the years that follow. But I thought he was really going to be at least a finalist. I, this is Montgomery's, right? I, yeah. I think the award ceremony is going to be kind of lame this year uh, between you know your your best defenseman, your MVP, your coach of the year. Like those are pretty much set. Yeah. Maybe rookie of the year is a little bit up in the air, but I think that's Matty Beneers. I think he's got really the inside yeah. track on that. Um, I, there, there's, there's not a lot of guesswork here for, for who's going to win. But again, I, even if he had been nominated um, and lost out, I, I could almost guarantee you be like, I kind of expected that. Yeah. But for the season that he got out of these guys, I think it's deserving of at least a recognition in the form of a nomination. That's just my, my opinion on it. Yeah. I, th- I think we need to send in our submissions and our resumes that we build up for Bednar to the mm-hmm. committee and say, Hey, you guys are not l- doing your homework here. And they say, we know, but we're we the NHL. Lot, we, we got a lot care. of resumes out this, this <laughs> off season, man. Yeah, we're doing so, a lot of legwork. For I the know. World. I know. Um, all right, we're going to get to some of these positives on on the season uh, that Jared Bednar got out of this team. No doubt about that. But first, we're going to hear from Indeed. And uh, there is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. And when you're hire- hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours upon or on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed has a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. And with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed data. And something we love about Indeed, it makes hiring all in one place so 
easy. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. The offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash locked on. Once again, indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, sir. I'm kind of still going back and looking at the season that was with the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, only one team gets to win it, right? Yeah. <laughs> for for 31 other teams, it's, okay, what are we going to do in the offseason? And you can always, you always look back and you look at things that went wrong uh, and things that, you know, that did not go right. The negatives, which I said in the beginning, we'll, we'll address the negatives uh, tomorrow. But you can always look back on the season and say, like, hey, we made progress here. And it's different for every team, right? The teams that are at the, the bottom of the standings, did you just improve your standing? You know what I mean? Like, so it's different no matter where you are in, in the same. But for the Avalanche, when you're going into seasons, really kind of expecting to make a deep push or go um, into the Stanley Cup final, at least. Um, I think a lot of people look at that as a failed season. I think that's up for, you know, debate. I, I would say that there is some failure. Sure. I mean, if you go in, even, even though you have all the injuries, sure. There's some, some failure, if you want to say, um, but that doesn't mean there was not some good things that came out of this year. So let's kind of just throw some out there and kind of talk about it and have a conversation about it. And uh, I'll preface this by saying, definitely want to hear from people out there in YouTube land uh, comment to what you guys are great at commenting anyway. And I'm sure there's going to be some good ones out there this uh, for this episode of who you think or what you feel like the Avalanche did well this year. So uh, go ahead. What do you what do you got? Easily the number one thing you could take away from this year, and this is coming after becoming the highest paid player in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon, 111 points. Yeah, I think that's a personal thing um, to, to just get that. And, and now that, that's like a monkey off your back, right? Because you got 99 that one year. Yeah. Um, and you were injured a couple of games. You could have easily got gotten to the 100 mark. And I think that was the same year he lost out in the Hart Trophy mm-hmm. to Taylor Hall. Um, and I think they both had 99 points that season, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good hockey number. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, I think that that is something we were just talking about Jared Bednar and how you can look back at his career and say he did this, this, this and this. And, you know, the century mark is like a lot more players are getting it now. So it's not, uh, you know, it's 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 but it's still important and it still yeah. means something. It's like, you know, a thousand points uh, or excuse me, a thousand yards and for running backs. Yeah. Right. So it's something that you, you, you want to achieve. And the fact that he's been in the league for this long and hasn't achieved it, he's already got the Stanley cup. It's just one, of, it's just the resume builder. And yeah. now you want to do that year after year and to have 111 points and miss, did he miss like 11 games? I don't have a stats, but something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could tack on another, 15 16 points if you want to if you played a full season you're in the 120s and and that's something like you you brought up the point of this is coming off the heels of winning a stanley cup and like i mentioned like getting that contract going into next year mm-hmm. and you're not seeing like a step back or nathan mckinnon like taking a breath and saying you know what this level of play gets me a stanley cup 
this is what I'm going to ride with for the rest of my career. No, Nathan McKinnon's still hungry. He's still pushing. And it's one of those things you can kind of feel confident in going into this offseason that's started earlier than we anticipated that we're paying this amount of money for Nathan McKinnon and he could perform like this and continue to up his game, which is already through the stratosphere. Mm. He's going to be halfway to Mars in two or three years. Mm -hmm. But this is this is what you want to see. This is something you can build on. And without Gabe Landeskog all year, this is the kind of leadership role and things you can bank on going into next year and how the yeah. team's comprised. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, we'll continue with that because something I, I put down here was there was a lot of individual positives. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, I had obviously Nathan McKinnon, obviously Miko Rantanen is in that same realm. Um, JT Comfer isn't, he had a, a very solid season, obviously his, his, his best season as a pro. Um, so on an individual basis, um, I think you had a lot of positives yep. and, and with all those injuries that you had, we were saying, how early were we saying that Kyle? Like, Hey, we got an injury. Who's going to step up. Um, and you had Miko ranted and stepped up. Yes. Stepped up. JT comfort definitely stepped up. I thought, um, Evan Rodriguez up and down season, but I thought he finished the season very, very well. Yeah. So, um, I do. I think you had a, a on the individual level, um especially miko miko really showed up when he had to this year he he it was very much needed and seeing miko like also hit that 100 point being yeah also one of the higher paid players on the team and you always feel like miko is kind of in the shadow of nathan mckinnon and for both of them to be the one-two punch honestly wire to wire this year if it wasn't nate it was miko and if it wasn't miko it was nate and there were a couple times that they would work together, mm-hmm. and that would be one of those like six four wins that, that you just felt really good walking out of the arena. And seeing Miko rise to the occasion, I mean, it's you couldn't ask for more out of both. And then yeah. you anticipate what you can get out of both of them next year. Yep, absolutely. And one more that I'll throw out for uh, like individuals is it's a nice feeling knowing that you have your starting goalie yes and you have him locked up for a couple more years it was Mm -hmm. not a long contract um and i understand why the avalanche did that because they they had they had faith in alexander georgiev but he hadn't been in this role yet so it was kind of a contract where it's like here here's more money than you made in new york we'll give you three years to really prove yourself and if you do then maybe we're screwed and we we're not gonna be able to sign you in a few years. Yeah. Um, and, and he, we talked about what, ever since that deal went down, uh, you and I talked about that a lot. You were in on him pretty quickly. I was more of a wait and see approach. Um, and I've said it many times, he proved me wrong and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. So it is. And, and with the avalanche, when you've had kind of this revolving door of goalies, over the past couple of years. And I feel like that's by design. I feel like the Avalanche are, are, are going in this new wave of, we are not going to overpay for goalies. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I think you're going to get Alexander Georgiev for the duration of this contract. And then he is gone. Yeah. Because he's going to cash. If he keeps playing like this, I should say that too. Um, he's going to cash in somewhere else. And the Avalanche have shown they're not going to overpay for goalies. They will go out and find somebody else. Um, 
you know, the, the $10 million goalie is never going to be on the Colorado avalanche. And that's for a number of reasons. One is they, they can't do that because they're allocating their money uh, with some of the superstars that they have. And it's just kind of like this new, uh, there's, I read an article not that long ago about like this new approach to how you approach the goalie position. And it seems like the avalanche are, are kind of doing that and not overpaying for them. And I kind of feel like that's where I am for Georgia. And like I said, that's down the road. But for now, uh, he's your guy for the next few years. And that that's that's a good feeling being announced fans because you haven't had this in a while. And, and you have this confidence going into the offseason. When you're talking about an avalanche goalie, you're asking if Georgiev can do this. And it's at the same level. What he gave you last year is what you want to build off of. When we're talking about Darcy Kemper, we're talking about Grubauer, when we're mm -hmm. talking about Varlamov, it's always like if we could get him for just a little bit more, if he could stay healthy, maybe 10 more games, six more games. If mm -hmm. we could have, if we have more games like against Washington, or you're listing the high points and you're trying to avoid the low points. And Yorgiev has been so consistent all year long. One of the most consistent shining stars on the team, wire to wire all year long, that this is something you can build off of with so much uncertainty with UFAs and how the team's going to look next year. You know what your yeah. stars are going to look like. And for once, you know exactly who your goalie is and what you're going to get. And you could sleep at peace. At yeah. Night. Yeah. You're not heading into this offseason saying, okay, what are we going to do in goal next year? Yeah. You know. So, and, and that's, uh, that makes you feel good about it. So, a uh, few more things that I want to get to uh, in terms of the positives from last season. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from Built Bar, builtbar.com. And if you're looking for that delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. And that's Built Bar. You got to try them. Seriously, I honestly, no joke, I, I ordered uh, a box. They are, I think they're still on there, the limited edition. They're the cookie cookie dough stripe is what they're mm. called. So it's like the the cookie dough built bar, and then they have this this strip of like real cookie dough on top of it. Delicious. Mm. And I also got the peanut butter balls is what they had. How can you not want peanut butter balls? Those are those are fantastic too. Yeah, I'm putting an order in this week. And the Von Dooms will be stocked up with Built Bar goodness. Yeah. So those are two that I would absolutely try. So those are some of those uh, unbelievable flavors that they have. Some other great ones they have are the Churro uh, Puff, the Peanut Butter Brownie, and Cookies and Cream. And they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. So you can go to Built.com and get those flavors that I was talking about. Uh, from their website, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off, or you can go right down to your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you still can to get these specialty flavors. Uh, what do they have? They have double chocolate and coconut puff um, over at Walmart, and you can get the 13-bar box of brownie batter puff or churro puff over at Sam's, Sam's Club. So uh, make sure to – one of two ways – three ways that you can get – the delicious built bar right now. It's the nutrition bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, sir. Um, one thing that I think we definitely can pull out of this season as a positive, not only, you know, you, obviously you won the division, yeah, right? That clearly is, is a positive, but the way you went about it, 
the adversity that you had to go through uh, to to fight and claw and win this division, um, I think you can carry that over into next year. And Jared Bednar said at the at the end when the season was over, he was like, "I'm really cautious about silver linings," and I get that because sometimes when you sit on that for too long that just becomes like the reality and you're like, Oh, well, if we did that last year and we were down all those guys next year, will be a breeze. So you don't want to get caught into that trap, but how can you not look at everything that they did not have this season, go out, win the division and say, man, if we have, I, I, even if we lose half of those man games that we lost, from last year, how do we not improve upon our standing in the division? At least, well, it's tough to improve on first place, but you improve the distance between you and first place. Yeah. And if that's happening, and, and you're, you know, the, the 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 division is not in doubt, that means you're just playing well, yeah. and that's what you want to do going into the postseason. You want to be playing well and heading into the postseason. But I think the Avalanche have to look at it as like, man, if we if we have a, a more, a healthier team how do we not feel like we we can be better than what we did last season and it's about not just being healthier but like that adversity and working together and that teammate mentality like you wondered how the avalanche would respond after winning a cup if it, mm-hmm. we were kind of joking at the beginning of the year go ahead and award the cup to the avalanche who could beat this team this year apparently the avalanche are the team that could beat that team this year because injuries were in the way and you go into next year with that thought of, we know how hard it is to defend the cup. We know how hard it is to win the cup. We've done that before. We can do this again. You have that pressure of being the defending cup champion off your back. You have members coming back. You don't know what, again, like the UFA situation is going to look yeah. like, how the team's comprised. But you know the talent that stood, like Miko and Nate that we mentioned in their performances last year. You know you can bank on that and your and net, and you could build towards climbing back up that mountain with some confidence. You've seen the worst case scenario, and guess what? Worst case scenario still won you the central. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That's, we we say it a lot with this team, especially in the year that they won the cup. All the different ways that they won, they were winning. So they were winning in overtime, winning in shootouts. They were, you know, uh, uh, several that come from behind victories. They had injuries. I mean, yeah. it, it's not an avalanche season without injuries. So they, you know, they were so seasoned um, heading into the playoffs that they, they they can win a number of ways on top of the style of play. If you want to play a speed game, they can play a speed game. If you want to play a physical game, they're not going to be the most physical team. They can stand up to you. They're not just going to take. So that, I mean, that adjust, there was a big adjustment this past season because you, the guys that you lost to free agency, you had a new goalie come in. So there was a, 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 a getting to know you period. Next season is going to be that times 10. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we've seen, you know, we talked about the UFAs, like this is going to be a, a newly looking team. So you might have that first couple of weeks that, that is going to be not a struggle, but just like how, this is going to be new lines and stuff, and they have to take some time to gel. But um, it's just going to be another thing that you can add to the arsenal for the Avalanche. That hey, this is you know we we keep finding inventing new ways to win, and like you said, like 
we keep winning. We keep doing it. So I have all the confidence in the world that they can do that again next year, even though it's going to be a completely different team. And with a completely different team, you know what works. You know what wins you the Stanley Cup. And you know that same formula doesn't work year in, year out. And you learn how to adapt and evolve. And you learn that last year. And with that new mix, when the new members of the Avalanche show up next year, it's mm-hmm. almost like orientation. Like, hey, this is our proven method. We've yeah. tried this. We've tried this. We know this won't work. This is what we need you to do. We didn't have this last year. So yeah. this is what we need you to do. And there's more of a specialized role instead of what we kept saying all year long. Who's going to step up? We don't need you to step up. We need you to do this. This is your role on the team. As, as long as you do this, we're going to be fine. And more of a specialized understanding on how they're going to approach this next year is going to be, it's going to prove very beneficial for what the Avalanche are going to try to do. New England Patriots drive me crazy, but um, Bill Belichick had that has that famous like line. He's like, "Do your job. Yep, you are here to do this job. It, I'm, I'm telling you, like this is your job yep. right here. Do that job, and we will be fine." And that's kind of like the mentality that Jared Bender has. You hear it all the time after a loss or a couple losses, or when they had that seven game losing streak, or whatever it was, like towards uh, Christmas time. They you you heard what they were saying and like we're not doing we're not executing we're not doing basically we're not doing what Jared Bednar is telling us to do yeah and he has the system he has a method he they bring in guys that follow that method and that's what I expect them to do in in this off season so was there any others that you 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 had that were pressing or no honestly as the adversity and seeing what the Avalanche could do with everything falling apart. Like this is this is what you you can feel confident in this going into next year, knowing they have this understanding and they're going to approach the team this way. Like we were scratching our head when Morgan was picked back up and oh Nieto's back. That's cool, I guess. Nieto was a vital part as well. He contributed as soon as he got back. Morgan became almost like one of like he had really good games. Yeah. And they know what they're doing here have a little bit of confidence in the avalanche and how they're comprising this team. So, uh, and I've, I'm reading a couple things that, that people just feel like Mulligan's like not going to be back. Like they're not even going to try to to sign him. I'm like, well, he's a restricted. So the chances of him coming back are pretty good unless they trade his rights away. I, I don't know. I, I was a little bit confused as to why people think that they're just going to give up on him i don't know i don't know <laughs> i wonder if this is the same people that had curtis mcdermott starting every night that we lost <laughs> yeah that's questionable um all right so tomorrow like i said we'll get to the negatives because yeah i mean there, there's obviously those as well so um it's not all doom and gloom but there is some of it um so we'll get to that tomorrow for today, like I said, definitely throw some comments out there in the comment section of things that you feel like the Avalanche did well for this season that kind of keeps you motivated and uh, heading into next season. Um, and we'll definitely be responding to those. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. So thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!